0: Welcome to Healthcare Highwire, where we balance business with healthcare. Sandy has served as Director of Clinical Operations, Clinical Compliance Specialist, and Director of Nursing Services. She joined LCS in 2013, where she is the Director of Clinical Services for our Life Plan Communities. Today's host, Sandy Tool. Jennifer is the ANCC-Accredited Provider Program Director and Mock Surveyor in the Health Services Division at LCS. She oversees the Life Care Services Accredited Provider Unit, which plans, develops, and executes ANCC-accredited nursing continuing professional development education. Today's speaker, Jennifer Williams-Lamb.
1: Welcome, everyone, and thanks for joining me today as we discuss the new Phase 3 requirements of participation. I am Sandy Toole, and I'm joined today by my colleague, Jennifer Williams-Lamb. Just as a reminder... Phase 3 went into effect in 2019 with no interpretive guidance, and then in June of this year, CMS has finally released the Surveyor Guidance, which will begin October 24th. Our goal is to help you understand each of these changes and how you can best be prepared. Each podcast, we have been showcasing one of the changes taking place, and today we are talking about quality assurance, performance, improvement, QAPI. And I got to warn you, this is one of the largest additions to the phase three rules of participation. Hey there, Jennifer, thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you so much. And Sandy, I want to thank you for defining QAPI because I would stumble terribly. (laughs) So I just call it QAPI. (laughs) Um, But but it is good to be here and to help everybody who might have questions about the phase three ROP changes. Uh, Together, we've been working through each area uh, to have a better understanding and be prepared for October 24th, which is around the corner.
1: It is right around the corner. I don't know where uh, the the summer went, but here we are. uh, We're almost there almost to the final deadline here. Um, And you know, Jennifer, we have worked together through many of these uh, podcast series. Would you like to just tell our listeners uh, what they can expect
0: from the whole thing? Yes, um, each podcast covers one of the 14 areas with phase three changes. We will utilize information provided to us from CMS, ACA, and Leading Age, always great resources. And as always, we reference the State Operations Manual Appendix PP to provide for you the same information that your state surveyors use when they come in to do the state survey. Um, as always, Sandy and I advise that you download the psalm and follow along so that you have the most complete information. And I cannot stress that enough <laughs> with this topic because there is a lot. I think the whole entire tag was read, so <laughs> lots of changes.
1: Yeah, lots of changes. Well, well, as we said, we're going to be talking about Quapi, and this includes tag F eight six five quality assurance, and performance improvement. So, without further ado, Jen, can you walk us through F-865?
0: I can. Um, F-865 states that each facility must develop, implement, and maintain an effective, comprehensive, data-driven QAPI program that focuses on indicators of the outcomes of care and quality of life. The facility must maintain documentation and demonstrate evidence of its ongoing QAPI program that meets the requirements of this section. This may include, but is not limited to, systems and reports demonstrating systematic identification, reporting, investigation, analysis, and prevention of adverse events, and documentation demonstrating the development, implementation, and evaluation of corrective actions or performance improvement activities. Present its QAPI plan to the state survey agency no later than one year after the promulgation of the regulation. Present its QAPI plan to a state survey agency or federal surveyor at each annual recertification survey and upon request during any other survey and to CMS upon request, and present documentation and evidence of its ongoing QAPI program's implementation and the facility's compliance with requirements to the State Survey Agency, Federal Surveyor, or CMS upon request. A facility must design its QAPI program to be ongoing, comprehensive, and to address the full range of care and services provided by the facility. It must address all systems of care and management practices, include clinical care, quality of life, and resident choice, utilize the best available evidence to define and measure indicators of quality and facility goals that reflect processes of care and facility operations that have been shown to be predictive of desired outcomes for residents of a SNF or NF. Um, reflect the complexities, unique care, and services that the facility provides. The governing body and or executive leadership or organized group or or individual who assumes full legal authority and responsibility for the operation of the facility is responsible and accountable for assuring that an ongoing QAPI program is defined, implemented, and maintained and addresses identified priorities. The QAPI program is sustained during transitions in leadership and staffing. The QAPI program is adequately resourced, including ensuring staff time, equipment, and technical training is needed. The QAPI program identifies and prioritizes problems and opportunities that reflect organizational process, functions, and services provided to residents based on performance indicator data and resident and staff input as well as other information. Corrective actions address gaps in the systems and are evaluated for effectiveness, and um, expectations are set around safety, quality, rights, choice, and respect, and disclosure of information. A state or the secretary may not require disclosure of the records of such committee, except insofar as that such disclosure is related to the compliance of the committee with the requirements of the section. Good faith attempts by the committee to identify and correct quality deficiencies will not be used as a basis for sanctions. I I
1: like that good faith attempts because
0: honestly,
1: they needed to spell that out, don't you think? I agree, yes. Yes. Um, So I think this was a really great explanation for a really lengthy regulation. And Jen, I'm not sure that you had the opportunity to listen in. On a recent podcast, I was able to interview the LCS Director of Legal and Compliance, Bridget Gilman. And, you know, she reminded our listeners that the compliance Uh, department uh, and QA program has to be integrated, and that the compliance officer and QA committee must coordinate efforts to address any of those uh, compliance and ethics issues. So, I think this just, you know, really proves how broad this program has become. Absolutely, yes. Well, let's get down to it.
0: What is the new guidance for each of these changes? Okay. The guidance for QAPI states that QAPI is a type of quality management program which takes a systematic, interdisciplinary, comprehensive, and data-driven approach to maintaining and improving safety and quality. An interdisciplinary approach encompasses all managerial and clinical services, which includes care and services provided by outside contracted or arranged providers and suppliers. The purpose of a QAPI program is to ensure continuous evaluation of facility systems with the following objectives ensuring care delivery systems that function consistently, accurately, and incorporate current and evidence based practice standards where available, preventing deviation from care processes to the extent possible identifying issues and concerns with facility systems, as well as identifying opportunities for improvement, and developing and implementing plans to correct and or improve identified areas. Each facility must develop, implement, and maintain an effective, comprehensive, data-driven QAPI program that focuses on indicators of the outcomes of care and quality of life. The facility must maintain and be able to provide documentation and evidence of its ongoing QAPI program. Demonstration of compliance includes, but is not limited to, evidence of systems and reports demonstrating identification, reporting, investigation, analysis, and prevention of adverse events, and this includes data collection and analysis at regular intervals, and documentation demonstrating development, implementation, and evaluation of corrective actions or performance improvement activities. Upon the request of a state survey agency, federal surveyor, or CMS, the facility must prevent evidence including documentation of its ongoing quality program's implementation and the facility's compliance with requirements. Each facility must have a QAPI program that is ongoing, comprehensive, and capable of addressing the full range of care and services it provides. At a minimum, the program must address all systems of care and management practices, include clinical care, quality of life, and resident choice, utilize the best available evidence to define, measure, indicators of quality and facility goals that reflect processes of care and facility operations that have been shown to be predictive of desired outcomes for residents and reflect the complexities, unique care, and services that the facility provides. Effective QAPI programs address systems of care and management practices. Systems of care or care delivery systems are, are the processes in place to achieve an expected clinical outcome. Nursing homes have many systems of care which intersect and involve multiple disciplines and departments. So for example, the system for prevention of pressure ulcers also involves the system for ensuring adequate nutrition, as well as the system for identification of changes in condition and infection prevention. In order to ensure all aspects of the systems of care occur consistently, accurately, timely, and with the intended outcome, an effective program includes methods for monitoring the systems. In addition to systems of care, the facility should monitor important management practices such as resident finances and personal funds, admission and discharge practices, and other services that impact quality of life and resident rights. The Quapi program should address quality of life and resident choice by identifying the unique needs and preferences of the varying demographics of your residents that reside in the facility. So, do you have um, residents that are under 55 or do you have a, a culturally diverse um, population of residents? If so, you need to seek uh, outgoing input and feedback from those residents to know what meets their needs. Um, The governing body and or executive leadership or organized group of an individual who assumes full legal authority and responsibility must ensure the QAPI program is defined, implemented, and ongoing, addresses the identified priorities, and is sustained through transitions when there is a change in leadership or staffing. Um, They have to have adequate resources, again, including that staff time, equipment, technical training as needed, use performance indicator data, uh, resident and staff input, you need to have that input from them, and other information to identify and prioritize problems and opportunities. Um, The program needs to implement corrective actions to address gaps in the system and evaluate actions for effectiveness and establish clear expectations around safety, quality, rights, choice, and respect. In regards to the disclosure of information, surveyors can only require that a facility disclose the QAA committee records if They are used to determine the extent to which a facility is compliant with the provisions for QAPI and QAA. Examples of when disclosure may be necessary uh, to determine compliance include, if the facility's infection control data indicates that staff may have not responded in a timely and effective manner to address an outbreak of a communicable disease, the facility must allow the surveyor to review and copy QAA committee minutes and related documentation so that the surveyor is capable of evaluating the facility's QAPI QAA compliance. Another example, if the surveyor's staff interviews and record uh, reviews reveal that the facility has a past history of failing to follow care instructions and recommendations from clinical specialists when residents obtain specialty care outside the facility, the facility must allow the surveyor to review and copy QAPI QAA documentation. Under these circumstances, review of the QAPI QAA documentation is necessary to evaluate whether the QAA committee identified a problem with failure to follow care instructions and recommendations from outside specialists, and if it did, whether the QAA committee adequately addressed the problem. To establish that the facility's QAA committee has made a good faith attempt to correct an identified quality deficiency, a facility must do more than just subjectively assert that it made that good attempt. You can't just say, well, we made a good faith attempt. You have to show your actions taken as a whole have evidence of a good faith attempt to identify and correct quality deficiencies. Oh my
1: goodness, Jennifer, it, you know, QA has certainly changed over the years. And, you know, we've had conversations about this many times. We always have this fear of sharing our information with surveyors, fear that that will be used against you. And so I think it's really good to point out to our listeners that. Sharing all the great things that you're doing with a surveyor should work towards your benefit. And, you know, that includes not just your QA minutes and and QA logs, but also those things that you track on a weekly basis, like your wound logs and your event logs. You know, you don't need to be given copies of all that to residents and their families, But when a surveyor comes in and they want to see all the good things you're doing to support and intervene when an issue happens, uh, that should work in our favor. And hopefully these new guidelines will make that happen for us.
0: Well, I I agree. Highlight those good things because we know that our communities are doing great things. So it shouldn't be a fearful thing to share that information.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Well, let's just take a look at the key elements of
0: non-compliance. Um, the key elements of non-compliance for quapi is basically to fail to maintain documentation and evidence of an ongoing quapi program, failure to present a QAPI plan to federal and state surveyors or present evidence necessary to demonstrate compliance with the requirements, or to develop, implement, and maintain an effective comprehensive QAPI program that addresses the full range of services the facility provides or to ensure the governing body oversight of the QAPI program and activities. You know, as we've said in the past, a big part of understanding the tags and avoiding deficiencies in each of these areas is knowing how the surveyors are going to interpret noncompliance. And as a former state surveyor and now as, as your surveyor for LCS, I got to tell you, I always go to the key elements so that I know what will factor into this particular regulation. Not everybody's an attorney. So, so those key elements <laughs> are, are fabulous. And, you know, not only can the surveyors or, or I use them, you can use them. So everybody can use those to know how to stay compliant. Um, Sandy, can you tell the listeners about how we are going to assist with that compliance?
1: Well, we're in the process of creating some really new and great guide forms, and we just about got those done. Each of these guidance tools will contain an action item checklist. And I think, Jen, the number one action item uh, for this is just auditing your policy and your process, right? Yes. Uh, For establishing and maintaining that QAPI program with all the required elements you want to make sure your policy includes how you're going to obtain and use feedback from uh, direct care staff other staff residents and resident representatives and include how you're going to collect and use that data from all departments your qa committee has to include your don the medical director your infection preventionist now remember we told you that that piece is new and then at least three other members of your facility staff, one of which uh, has to be the administrator. And you have to meet quarterly, but I'll tell you, I'm, I'm 100% sure in our LCS communities, we are meeting on a monthly basis. Um, yeah. The meeting might not include your medical director every time, but I know we are very faithful with the QA process in our LCS communities.
0: I agree. I will say that, as we've said before, you know, we just want to keep you up to date on the information and provide tools to assist you. And as you said, you know, we we have done this because, you know, we're we're in the communities quite a lot and and provide tools already. Uh, so I feel pretty confident in uh, our listeners being ready for the for the changes. And as you said, they do these meetings monthly. A, a lot of them do. Um, so, they're way ahead of the game. So, I think that's great. The guidance forms, uh, as Sandy mentioned, with the action item checklist, uh, will help you get ready prior to the uh, October 24th deadline as well and uh, beyond that.
1: Well, I want to thank you all for joining us again today for this continuing series, the Phase 3 Rules of Participation. And Jennifer, I have to sadly say, this is our final episode. I don't know what I'm going to do if I don't get to talk to you every week. (laughs) we will have to come up with something else. (laughs) Exactly. I I can't tell you how much I appreciate your high level surveyor expertise in explaining all these new guidelines. It has been an absolute pleasure speaking with you during this time.
0: Thank you, Sandy. It's always a pleasure to work with you too. I I enjoy this and and I mean it. If you have anything else Pop up and you want to collaborate, I would love that.
1: <laughs> well, I will keep that in mind. Well, thank you all so very much. This is Sandy Toole and Jennifer Williams Lamb signing off. I hope you join us again next time on Healthcare Highwire.